figuring out our purpose, figuring out God's plan for our life is something that we all want to know. And in reality, there's actually giant clues to what God created us for. If we just know how to find them, how to look for them, and how to uncover them. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. If you're feeling God call you to pivot life as you know it by leaving your career plans to start an online business and you're terrified of how you'd ever actually pull that off, then you're a mama with a calling and this is the podcast for you. Here's where we'll talk about everything from choosing the right business and running it as a mom to biblical inspiration and motivation to conquer your fears. Because even though it's causing you some anxiety, you're also excited because you know God's calling you to it. And that means you're headed to a life with more joy, fulfillment, and purpose like you've always wanted. Hi, I'm Alexia Carrillo, fellow Mama with the Calling, and I'm passionate about helping other moms like you step into their calling and not stay stuck in their career for fear of going against the grain. I believe it's okay to pivot and follow God's calling on your life without the guilt or shame for not doing what the world says you should do. This is the Mama with the Calling podcast where we'll figure out how you can actually make this wild calling on your life become a reality. Let's grab some coffee and dive in. Hey, and welcome back to the Mama with a Calling podcast. I'm your host, Alexia. I hope that you're doing well. Today on the podcast, I want to talk to you about a big question that is on a lot of our minds. I know this because a lot of you have asked this question. I know this because I've asked this question time and time again. And that is, what is God's plan for my life? What did he make me to do on this earth? What is the purpose here? I think that's why a lot of us end up starting to kind of drift away or have the thoughts of drifting away from our career that we thought was going to be it because it's not fulfilling us in a way that we imagined. Or when we have kids and our life, just our priorities change as we move through life, we just don't feel that fulfillment that we were expecting and that we're actually longing for. And to me, I believe that when we align ourselves with what God has created us to do and what he's asking us to do, then we will feel that fulfillment. We will actually be walking in a sense of peace and be able to know that what we're doing is what we're supposed to be doing. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that we never have peace aside from that. It just means that when we're doing the thing that we were created to do and then what God's asking us to do, there's just an, a, a sense of purpose and fulfillment that is hard to explain. Um, but I know that as I've stepped into my calling, as I've stepped into the things that God has called me to do, that I've, I've really just felt this like just breath of fresh air to be like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. This is you know, the thing where I get to use the skills that I have and lean into those things and actually have them be a part of doing this, the work on this earth that I think God's called me to do. So, you know, this is a really important question uh, to know the answer to this because it matters so much for our business, for our lives, for our everything that we do, right? And what your business looks like, the niche you're in, how you carry yourself in that business, what services and products you offer. Everything relies on you knowing the answer to this question, because when you can see what God has made you for, then everything else just becomes so much clearer. Now, first, I want to say that when we say, what is God's plan for my life? 
what we usually are referring to is we want to know every single detail of our lives, like exactly what God is planning for us, exactly where he wants us to go, what's going to happen, the ups, the downs. We want to know all the details. And saying that out loud, I'm sure hearing me say it that way, it's, you have to know that it's not going to happen like that, right? Because if it did, then where would our need for faith come in? If God told us every single thing that was going to happen, we wouldn't have to step out in faith to do the thing that feels really scary because we would know for certain how it was going to turn out and everything, right? So he's not going to give us all the details like that. Plus, if we're being honest, if you really knew what God was asking you to do, the big things that he might be taking you down, like these, the big hurdles that you're going to face, the challenges, the, the good things, the big things, um, where you stand now, it might totally scare you to death. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to end up being a speaker. Me? No way. I'm not going to start a podcast. You know, whatever it is, you can't imagine doing that thing. And if he gives it to you now, you're going to be scared and you're not equipped yet for that. Like it's that it's down the, the road, but it's not for you to know right now. Right. So we have to trust that God is giving us what we need when we need it. And the amount of knowledge that we need, the amount of information about the plan ahead is sufficient for what he wants us to know. Because usually when he doesn't tell us everything, which he doesn't, it causes us to rely on him, to trust him step by step, day by day all along the way until he gives us a bigger thing, a bigger mission to do, to be okay with that. Um, I was reading in a book, Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby, and it said, if you had the plan, then you might have the tendency to rely on the plan instead of on God. And I was like, underline, asterisk, like, (laughs) this is me, you know, we I do not I want the plan so badly. But if I had the plan, just my nature is that I, I mean, yeah, that's probably true. I would maybe pray less. I would seek God's um, direction less. I would, even though I don't, you know, we don't want to say that out loud, but in reality, that's probably what a lot of us would do. That's what God's children did over and over and over again. Um, As they, you know, you think time and time again, like there's no way they're going to turn away from God again. Nope again and again and again. And so if they did it, we will do it. So one of the things that I realized is that we actually need to reword the question of what is God's plan for my life and change our perspective a little bit to really get at the important parts of what God does want us to know, what God has actually already told us. And we might be missing it by circumstances and the way life has turned out. So this is something that I realized recently. And I really wanted to share this with you because it's very interesting. I think so many people do this and you're missing what God has actually given you as a personality trait, as a a gift that he intends to use for his plans for you. But it's just kind of hidden right now. So as we're rethinking about reframing the question, I want you to first think about how you are seeing God in this question, really ask yourself what role you think God is actually playing in this. So are you seeing God as this distant God that has given you this secret gift, but he won't tell you anything about it. 
And he's just sitting up there watching you to see if you're ever going to kind of stumble upon it or you're going to be really smart or clever to figure it out. I say that because I know that I felt that sometimes that I was thinking that that I was kind of going through life like, can I figure it out? You know, and I think many of you have felt the same way at times as well. So if we see God that way, then knowing what we were created for feels like an impossible task and this endless treasure hunt. And it doesn't feel so much like part of a bigger plan because why would it be so secret if if we couldn't access it easily, right? Like if, if God had intentions for us and he had a plan for us and he wanted to use us, why would he make it so hard for us to figure out what the thing is? And I think the answer is he doesn't. We make it hard. <laughs> But so let's switch it a little bit. What if we viewed God as a true heavenly father, right? Your creator who created you with specific gifts, talents, abilities, etc. And he knew the family you were going to be born into, the life you were going to lead, where in the world you were going to be, all the things. And he equipped you from the beginning to be the person that he would one day call to do something in particular for him, only something that you could do for your specific situation. And until that time comes, he has always been with you. He is guiding you. He's preparing you just like a loving father would for this big task that one day he's going to say, okay, now's the time for you to do this, this thing. And I think of it like a proud parent, right? As proud parents, you get to watch your kids lean into their strengths and you get to see them mature and grow in that. And then one day they sort of blossom into this amazing human. And we think about our kids, like if your child is like an amazing artist, like from a little kid, they have a talent, right? It's not great. Like they really wouldn't get paid or anything to do art at that level, but you can tell there's a gift, right? There's a natural tendency to that. And then as they age, they develop it more and more and more until at some point, They really do blossom into an amazing artist. And now they are able to fully step into that all along, having cultivated and and grown in that skill that was always there. Does that make sense? And I think we look at it in terms of parenting in that way. It It can help us to shift how we're seeing what God has done for us, right? There's something about you. Every single person listening to this podcast, and even those who aren't, but but the ones who are listening to this podcast, that there's something about you that and there, there could be multiple some things about you that have always been there, that they are threads woven through like through your whole life. You will see it as something that's always been true about you. And those things are giant clues. Those are things that are put there by God and that you are going to use those in a, in a big way. If A, you recognize that they're there, B, you are asking God how you can use them for his glory and C, you don't hide them or turn away from them. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And then second part of reframing the whole question is that we have to realize that how we see God in that role affects how we see the purpose of the gift. So if we think that he has given us something that is a treasure but it's secret and up to us to find on our own, then we don't really believe that it has anything to do with our purpose. Because if it did, then it would be really important for God to make it super clear to us, right? All along. Um, 
even though they might not be obvious to us. And so that's what I really want to dive into today is how we can actually find and uncover or discover our biggest gifts that are that have been there all along. But it's all about how we look at it. So growing up, I talked a lot. And if anybody knows me, this is still true to this day. <laughs> um, I talked a lot, like all the time. And this was something that everyone around me made very clear was extremely annoying. They seemed to remind me all the time how much I talked. They did not say it in an endearing way. I took the hint very quickly from a young age that my talking was annoying and it was disruptive and it was not really welcome to most people around me. I didn't want to annoy people. I mean, I'm a kid, right? I wanted them to like me and I wanted to fit in. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a normal human response to want, especially for children, to want to fit in with your family, friends, your community. Um, so I spent most of my life trying to talk less, trying to not take over conversations, trying to wait to speak my turn in a group. Um, not leading conversations, not putting my ideas out there, um, you know, those kinds of things. So imagine my surprise when I felt that God was actually leading me to start a podcast. And a big part of me was so excited because I was like, yes, that's perfect. I love talking. A podcast is talking. That makes total sense. But another part of me was so used to, to not talking and to trying to hide the fact that I wanted to talk and could talk literally all day, that doing it on purpose and saying, God, you want to use this thing that has annoyed everybody around me? Like you want me to use this thing? That was really hard to get past. And honestly, um, even still, I have to work through that because even sometimes if I put, I, I have so many ideas for podcast episodes and I don't put them out as fast as I probably could because it's like, no, 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 they're not going to want to hear that many podcast episodes, you know, slow, slow it down a little bit. And so, you know, it doesn't mean that I've magically switched and said, oh, yes, I, I have a gift of, of talking. But it, it, it definitely took some effort for me to get to that point, And I'm much better than I was. So here's what I came to realize through all of this and, and through some reading that I was doing this past week and just different things that have all kind of culminated in this. And I, this is why I wanted to share it. The gifts that God has given us are usually there, or at least a hint of them. And they've been there all along from a young age. But when we don't know how to use those gifts, or they're not applied to the calling that they were given to us for, then we are often taught through our experience to suppress that gift. Of course, we don't know it's a gift at all at that point, right? Like I didn't know my talking was any kind of anything. I just was like, I like to talk, you know, and we actually then turn to, we start to look at that quality about us as a flaw or something to suppress, right? Because it got you in trouble. It, you got chastised, rejected, made fun of, etc. Something about it, maybe it ruined a relationship. Maybe you lost friends. Maybe, you know, you kept getting fired from jobs, like whatever it is. You know, people who are, I think of like the classic, you know, you're drawing a lot and you get told that you're, you know, never going to amount to anything, whatever it is. And you've learned to push that aside. And then we try everything we can to run from it, to not have anything to do with that, to deny that part of ourselves and suppress it. And I feel like what's happening with so many people 
especially with COVID, which really made us all think like, what do I want with my life? When we get to that point, what we're really saying is, how can I connect the parts of me that feel really true? The parts of me that are screaming the loudest, that want to come out, right? This this part where I love to do art or I love science or I love to talk or whatever it is. Like I love to do these things, but you're also scared to, to tap into that. If we could get those things out of us and realize how can they be used in God's purpose so that we can find fulfillment by that alignment, that would be amazing, right? And we see this with Moses, my, my go-to person, but I just, I just, can't help it. I love him. (laughs) So we see this with Moses, you know, because he had a propensity to justice and leading people to do what's right. But when he tried to act on it, when he was in Egypt, right, he saw the Egyptian taskmaster master hitting the Hebrew man. And out of his anger for that, Moses tried to step in and handle it and ended up killing someone. And then he tried again to come out there and correct two people in an argument to settle a dispute between the two Hebrew men. And they basically said, like, who are you to talk to us? Who are you to be our leader? And so it's like here Moses is in this position of um, potential authority being raised as one of the the people in Pharaoh's palace. And he's trying to, to lean into that. He just can't help it. He just sees this injustice and wants to step in and do something, yet it backfires on him. So what does Moses do? He flees. He, he just runs. And he literally, for 40 years, he runs far, far away, gives up all of that and says, you know, I'm going to be a shepherd. He is not any sort of judge. He's not a peacemaker. His job has nothing to even do with people. He's a shepherd. And the very thing that Moses has tried so hard to hide was actually the very thing that God needed from him all along for him to be willing to stand up for God's people. And ultimately, as Moses became their leader, he became their judge. Remember, God gave the law. God ended up giving Moses the law to someone who loved justice all along. So what looked like this like bad character trait is actually something that God was going to use for good. But notice what needed to happen for Moses to fully step into that calling. He had to ultimately ultimately be willing to acknowledge that part of him again. He had to be willing to lean into that. But this time, it was doing what God was asking him to do and humbling himself, not wanting to run ahead and use that skill for his own whatever he thought, right? Because of the negative that had happened before, it actually gave him a healthy dose of humility to say, okay, God's wanting to use this, but I've experienced what it means when I go out of hand with it. So you come to God, he came to God with this heart that was ready to say, I'll use it, but I want to be careful. And that's what God needed. And, you know, this part of Moses that had been buried long for so long, deep inside of him. And now, like, that's literally the reason he was a fugitive. Now God's wanting him to use that. And remember, when God called him, he was very resistant, just like I would expect that we would be too. That when God's going to call you to do something that pulls from some quality about you, and you might even know, like, as I'm saying this, there's probably something that's coming to mind for you. There's something that you feel God is calling you to do that you would love to have a business around whatever it is. And 
yet you keep ignoring and trying to find any other business model, (laughs) something else you can do. No, it can't possibly be that I'm going to talk. No, it can't possibly be that I'm going to write. No, it can't possibly be that I'm going to do art, like whatever that is, your fear around it from when you were growing up, or, you know, earlier in your life is blocking you from being able to hear that God's asking you to use it, but for him now. And so I want to encourage you to tap into that, acknowledge it, say yes to it. And as I was, so I was doing some studying on this concept because I was just really intrigued by this as it was standing out to me um, and seeing it in my own life for sure. And I was studying this to try to find more examples and Paul came to mind. So I want us to think about Paul. So we read in Acts that Paul, who was then Saul, was rather zealous for God, right? He was persecuting anyone who professed to be a Christian and killing the people, you know, just persecuting the early Christian church. Now, some people will say that Paul was this terrible person for doing this, but I want you to think about what he was really going through. I think it's easy for us to say that now because we're thousands of years on the other side of that and we know the truth, which ironically, we know in large part due to Paul's work. But in his day, think about what that must have felt like to see these new Christians, these people that were infiltrating the Jewish culture as he was seeing it, as he was perceiving it, and speaking these things that weren't true. I mean, they he was seeing it as they are saying lies about my God, right? And all throughout scripture, the Jewish people were called to destroy other idols and false gods and to stand up for their God. So what Paul is doing may seem terrible to us now, but at the time, it was a reflection of Paul's heart. He's trying to show his devotion to God and he's trying to do what's right in his eyes. Even if it wasn't, he believed it was. When we see that Paul had this encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus and his gift for being passionate for God was now being able to be transferred to spreading the gospel to the, to the Gentiles, it shows us that all along the gift that Paul had is still going to be used, even though it was misused before. So in Galatians 1, 13 through 15, Paul says, For you have heard about my former way of life in Judaism. I intensely persecuted God's church and tried to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many contemporaries among my people because I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when God, who from my mother's womb set me apart and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I could preach him among the Gentiles. I think I underlined when God, who from my mother's womb set me apart, like, and called me. So from the beginning, Paul was called from the time he was born to ultimately do this thing. And he saw that he was wise enough to see that and to see that even though he had this skill and talent that was used maybe wrongfully before, he could see how God all along was planning for him to use it for this purpose, for this good. And, and, you know, I'm struck by how quickly Paul redirected his gifts and talents because it would have been so easy and understandable. I mean, who could blame him if Paul started hiding from his usual zealous self? Because to learn that he, that, that this passion in him actually was hurting and going against God now that he knew the truth it would make total sense that he would just shell himself in, that he would just be like, nope, I'm not going to speak anymore. I'm not going to lead anymore. Like, I'm not going to teach, you know, being scared of it. But that's not what Paul did, at least as far as 
we can tell. Um, like, I don't know if there was a time before he ended up going out and being an apostle that, that this happened, but it doesn't look like it. So instead, Paul focused on pleasing God and working unto him no matter what. I mean, it says that when he gets, when he, when he gets the, the, the scales off his eyes and he gets baptized and he immediately starts talking and sharing about Jesus. He just dives right in. And this is what is amazing to me. And I think we should take an example from Paul on this is that Paul just focused on doing whatever he could to please God. That part of him remained the same. His heart was in the same place. So, you know, he cared more about pleasing God than he cared about pleasing people. And he talks about that a lot through the New Testament. And it's when we care more about what people think than what God thinks that we start to hide from ourselves, from the gift that we have, because we feel like we don't, we don't know what we're doing. Because we're not applying it to God and seeing everything about us the way that God sees us. So how does this apply to your life and business? So from personal experience and seeing it in many of the women that I've coached, I know that most of you desperately want to know your purpose. That sort of is encompassing what is my business? What am I doing? What should I do? And what has God really put you here to accomplish? So I want to say there are two parts to your calling. There's your gifts and talents and and abilities. And then there's the calling itself, the actual assignment on how you're going to apply those gifts and talents and abilities and how you're going to put those gifts to work for God. And that assignment, that calling can totally change throughout your life. I mean, it could be different things in different seasons, or it could be one thing that just kind of it becomes a lifelong thing. It just depends on whatever God has planned for you. So for this conversation, we're going to be focusing on figuring out the gifts, trying to tap in. And really, I guess what I was hoping to, to teach you here or to get you to do is to uncover, to acknowledge that you have things that are actually good that you might currently think are negative things. And so I want you to just switch the thinking around that because it will give you so much clarity and fulfillment. And God wants you to recognize these things as gifts and not hide from them because God's trying to use you to do his work with those gifts. But it's like you're a water hose that's got like the the thing kinked, right? Like you're not letting it out because like God's like, hey, I've equipped you to be a water hose or to do this. And like, you're not, you're like, nope, 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 nope. Don't like water. (laughs) Don't let any water out through here. And he's like, I'm trying to work through you in this particular way. And I can't because you're denying that you were ever made for this. Okay, so it's just my analogy. But I really do think that's a good way of explaining what this means. So if we know, if you know that God is calling you to help moms, let's say manage their homeschool or help moms with decluttering, but you don't know what your gifts are, then you might like head down that road and go in that direction, but still feel out of place. You might create a business that has nothing to do with, with your skills and talents and end up creating a business that while serving the people you're supposed to serve actually doesn't do it in a way that makes sense for what you've been prepared to do. So let's say you're supposed to be a coach because you have a way with people. You like to talk to people. You give them space. You love helping them. But you think that courses are the best way to make money. So you create a bunch of courses and don't offer coaching because you just think that's the way that you've heard online businesses go. Then it's not going to align. You're still going to be like, great, I'm making money making, you know, with courses. But 
I'm still, something still feels like it's missing, right? So that's why this is so important. So I want to give you this exercise. This is something that I used to help me uncover my hidden talents and things and kind of shift the way I think about this. And while it reveals them to you, it doesn't mean it's like an overnight thing, right? You have to keep reminding yourself of the truth because what this is, is it's going to, this is going to uncover the core truths of you and that God has gifted you with these things. And it's going to help you see that you've been living a lie about what they actually are. So when you realize that you are walking around telling yourself that you're not a speaker when really you are right you're essentially living a lie right and so what we want to do with this exercise is really dive in and see who God has really made you to be what are the gifts and talents saying and admitting that they are from God and they are gifts and good things undoing the lie and trying to shift the way we think about them, and then moving forward to where you can actually start saying, okay, God, if you've given me these talents, these abilities, how do you want to use them? How do you want me to do work for you on this earth now, using these abilities, and then being open to that? Okay, so step number one is to grab a sheet of paper. And I want you to split it down the middle into two columns. And you might be thinking like, no, I don't have time for paper. Like, seriously, get a piece of paper and do this it would, it's very, very helpful. And the reason I say piece of paper is because you need to write some things off to the side. I guess you could do it on your phone um, if you wanted to do it that way. But the best way is to get a piece of paper, split it into two columns. On the left, I want you to write down any negative thoughts that you've heard about yourself, things about you that you feel like aren't good things. So you talk too much, you're too sensitive, you daydream too much, you whatever it is, Um, you know, maybe it's you're too uh, bossy, you're too like gruff with people, whatever that thing is. And these are probably things that you've heard your whole life, and probably are a source of a lot of negative memories in your life, maybe even borderline, like traumatic things that sort of create fear in you now, or worry or stress, things like that, like a lot of negative reactions. (laughs) So it sounds like a big negative thing, but but I promise this is going to be really, really helpful. So stick with me. Then on the right side, once you've done that, be really honest. Okay, nobody can see this paper if you don't want them to. Just the, the point here is to uncover those things and really don't think about it. Just jot them down, just start writing them down. Then in the right column, I want you to write the positive perspective on each one of those. So thinking of each one of those negative things and saying to yourselves, okay, or saying to yourself, okay, if this is given to me by God, because it was, then how can I see it the way he sees it? So instead of I talk too much, maybe it can be God gave me the ability to speak. He gave me, I'm not afraid to speak. I am willing to speak, right? Those are good things. I mean, we saw Moses, right? He didn't even want to speak. And God's like, go speak. And he's like, I don't want to. So he gave you the ability to speak. You're not afraid. Another example is like, let's say you're, you've always heard you're too sensitive, right? So to reframe it, you can say, God gave me a caring heart. I care about others. I see others. I love connecting with others. I value kindness and gentleness. And these are good things. Okay. So taking some time to, to sit with this and do this, and it can feel kind of emotional, like I said, because this is going to kind of feel heavy, bringing up all those negative emotions. 
But honestly, it's actually going to be really healing. It was for me to then replace it with this truth of what God really could have meant with giving me this gift and to view myself in a whole new light. It's going to help you see things about you that you've been maybe hiding the majority of your life. Now it's like, no, this is actually something that I could be proud of because this is what God, God gave me this. God made me this way. And then the last step is to look at those things and see what are some of the core personality traits, some of those gifts and talents that seem to go across all areas of your life or that you just see are things that have always been that way about you. And when you write them down, it will be very obvious. Um, it was for me. I was like, yeah, like I, you could feel something in you that's sort of like a sense of like acceptance and love when you realize the thing that you've always thought was wrong with you, but you couldn't quite figure out how to not do is actually a gift from God who loves you and made you that way to realize that and to see it on paper is so powerful. And, you know, you know, you're on the right track with the emotions when you feel all sorts of mixed emotions about it, right? Like it's that relief to see that who you are deep down was meant to be that way all along. And that you will also it will be followed by fear because you spent your whole life avoiding it. So now I want you to keep that list, maybe write a, a smaller version of it. And these positive qualities, one thing that I do, and I didn't actually write these in my notes, but I would highly suggest this is finding scripture, if it comes to mind, or maybe googling it even, and saying, you know, what's some scripture that supports this truth, but looking for scripture that can help support this positive trait. Um, and or just putting up sticky notes that say things about you in a positive way. So maybe saying like, God made me, um, God gave me a brain that can understand, or I, God's going to use me in big ways because I have a gift of writing or, or whatever it is, right? Saying it in a positive way and seeing that every morning to remind yourself that this is good and not hiding from those skills. And this is where you pray, right? How do you step in? How do you, how does God want you to use these talents, these gifts, these things about you? Ask him to give you the strength to step into them, to lean into them and to figure out what he wants you to do with them. Just like he told Moses in Exodus, when he sputtered off all his worries about what he couldn't do, God simply said, I am with you. I made you and I will give you the ability to do what I ask. And the same thing goes for us. No matter what your feelings are around it, if God gave it to you, then he is going to use those things and give you the strength to use them in the way that he intended for you, for you to use them all along. Jesus said that through our weakness, his strength is perfected. So you are going to need to lean heavily on him to receive the strength to heal the old wounds and to have the strength and the courage to admit that these are indeed gifts, and then to act on this in your business and in your life. Because while we may have skills and abilities, don't get this confused with just because you have skills and abilities doesn't mean that you can do amazing things for God without God's involvement. Thinking about um, the example of this that I like to think about is when the Israelites, when they defeated Jericho, 
then afterward they thought they could take down the smaller city of AI. And in fact, they ran ahead. They had just conquered a much bigger city, right? But when they ran ahead, they got obliterated, not obliterated, they got defeated because they didn't have God with them. So it's not, it's not that they don't have skill and it's not that they couldn't defeat the town. It's that you need your skill, the things that you've been given to be combined with God's power, spirit, wisdom, all the things and that combination is what's going is what's going to accomplish big things. So just because you realize you can teach doesn't mean you just run off and start teaching stuff and it's not what God asked you to teach. God may not be in that. He's not going to we need to be careful not to think that we're doing something for God and then say, "Okay, God, are you going to bless it because clearly I'm helping people come to you and I know it's got to be a good thing. I know I'm helping moms who are, you know, single moms or whatever, but if God hasn't asked you to do it, then he may not bless the work. So making sure that you take your skills and talents and things that you realize about yourself and recognize that you need the power of the Holy Spirit to come alongside you and combine with those two things, with with your skills and talents. And those two things combined is where the amazing things happen, where God can work through you to accomplish his works. And then you get to experience that. How amazing is that? That feeling of seeing God work through you is just indescribable. So I hope that helps you get to a place of having a little bit more clarity, but also doing this exercise and figuring out what these skills are, what these gifts are that God has given you all along is going to allow you to take steps in the right direction to figuring out what your calling is, what God is actually calling you to do. And if you're wanting some extra help with this, if this is something that you feel like could be a lot of things to work through, you're not really sure how to approach it, maybe you give it a try and you find that you're not really sure what to make of it or you like some extra input, this is what I love helping women with. This is where the coaching comes in and I would love to help you in that capacity. So through coaching, um, we will we will work through these together and using different coaching tools, I can help you see and un- uncover some of these things and then applying the biblical principles to those to help you move through them in a much more systematic way and help you make that progress. If you're interested in that, you can book a free call and we can talk about how that would go. But I also have one-off sessions, like a one-hour session, or I actually have four sessions, like a coaching package to save a little bit of money. Um, And the four sessions will actually let us work through a lot of things. So you can really make sure that you make some progress. So if you're interested in any of those, I do have limited spots, but they are really powerful sessions to help you make some of those breakthroughs that are really important as an entrepreneur. So I do have limited spots on those. But if you're interested, go to mamawiththecalling.com slash coaching and you'll see those there um, among some of the other products I have. So again, I just wanted to offer that because I know that sometimes we get faced with a decision like this or a, a solution. And we're like, awesome. And then it's like, I really need somebody to walk through this with me, somebody to help me see what I can't see those kinds of things. So if that's you, I can't wait to support you in that way. So I hope you have a great rest of the week and I will see you next time. And in the meantime, keep pursuing your calling. Thanks for listening to the Mama with a Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawithacalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, 
Are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.